and welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, yes, relationships, and life itself. In this hour, we are remembering first dates, that first real meal enjoyed together with the intention to explore if that little fire one may feel is indeed mutual and could grow. Whether you had your last first date 20 years ago, last month, or coming up next week, today we are taking a somewhat science approach, assessing what needs to be considered when getting ready for the big night out. First date food, keeping Romans on the menu today here on An Organic Conversation. We are your hosts, Helga Helberg, Mark Mulcahy, and Sitarani Palomar. So, this morning, in preparation for the show, I just happened to casually <laughs> text a few people um, and ask them what uh, would what what do they like on their first date for food? You know, what's a first date food for them? And a response I got back from one of my friends was, "When's the date?" <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, finally, you asked, Mark. <laughs> I had felt this for twenty years. And, no, what did they mean? Well. Well, what I got, what, <laughs> what I got from them is is that they wanted to know when the date was going to be. Was it going to be in summer? Was it going to be in fall? Was it, you know, because it would all make a difference on the f- food you choose chose and the location maybe. and the location and everything. So it was a completely made complete sense. But it's like, when's the date? Oh, Mark, I had hoped you would ask me <laughs> ten years ago. When is the date? <laughs> I think that. There are a lot of creative things you can do when you take all of these different circumstances into account. And that's really when the magic happens is when you get out of the box. But people do feel a fair amount of anxiety around what they're going to eat because you want to be focused on your date more than you're focused on your food. And there are a lot of things about eating that can be distracting. You know, if it's messy, if it's making you tired and I'm looking forward to exploring what those things are so that we can do our best to ease some of the anxiety, but also looking at these specific fun things you can do. Like if it's fall and the if your date is in, in the fall, maybe you go to a cider mill and you pick apples and drink cider and eat donuts. Yeah, there. we don't want to up the anxiety around it. But um, if you really consider the, the, you know, what's at stake and the many different things things to to consider there's the food there's the circumstances there how much do you know the other person um do you know their food preferences do you know know any allergies i mean it's like it's really the world and yes you're sharing a meal and maybe just a couple hours but um you know food is a big deal how is that person in the context of food how do they eat how do they look when they eat um and mark i know you have a funny story there to share of a, a date um that you shared with us earlier before the show uh, where you didn't know the food preferences, <laughs> well, <laughs> and how how that can backfire. Well, <laughs> and we will all share our stories throughout the hour. Um, so I, when I was about twenty five, I was invited to join a, a couple friend of mine, and they invited a friend of theirs. They were trying to get us together for this date, and so <laughs> we they they we went to their favorite restaurant, which happened to be these old rail cars that were set up like the late 1890s with the plush velvet and the, the really nice rich wood and the low lights and all that kind of That's stuff. so fun. So, How can that be wrong? It was fantastic. Good and pick. so I walked in. I was wearing one of my vegetable shirts at that time, and you know, because I really wanted to make Winner. a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> 
Which one? Peach? Peach or carrot? Peach had not been created at that point in time yet. But uh, that said, we all sat down, and it happened to be a steakhouse. And um, I was a vegetarian, and I was perfectly fine going there. At that time in my life, I knew about going to restaurants all the time and just ordering a baked potato or something like that, just being fine with it. And so everybody ordered, and the person who I was supposed to be kind of on the date with ordered a prime rib and they ordered steaks and stuff like that. And he came to me and I said, you know, I'd like your biggest baked potato with all the fixings on it and a great salad. And can you take some of that stuff from the chopped salad and put it on here, you know? And I thought I was very appropriate order and I wasn't making any big deal about being a vegetarian or anything. And the guy leaves and the person who I was supposed to be on this date with, she <laughs> no, says, you were on the date with. Yeah. Well, I was. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I still consider <laughs> For a couple that a more date. minutes. And she says, well, when are you going to order dinner? And I said, I did order dinner. She said, you didn't order anything but side dishes. I said, well, <laughs> I, said, well I don't eat meat. And and she said, why in the heck are you coming to a, 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 steak, a steakhouse? That's completely ridiculous. Why would you do that? And I said, I did. I just wanted to come along, and we were going on a date, and this is what the it's a fun chose, and it was a fun setting, and yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, wasn't going to make any big deal about it. I can eat fine here, and she said, "Well, no, you can't." And then throughout the dinner, she said, "You know, I'd offer you a piece of this prime rib, but you don't eat meat." So, and it was like the whole evening. It was just like, "Can you just let it go?" Like I didn't make any big Instead deal of it. Instead of celebrating you? your flexibility and you know your tolerance around things. It was just um, unbelievable. It was just she like had something I mean, to chew on, I guess. <laughs> that was the fastest dinner. I mean, we 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 all had dinner in about thirty five minutes that night, and you know, it's like going home. It's like no one said a word, and it's just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> and again, there's so much to consider: food that makes you make you tired or gassy, or we will dive into all that. Um, how to avoid at least the easy to be made mistakes um, to not end up like like a two minute. Date that still drags out for an hour and a half later. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And today we are talking about the right food for the first romantic date night. First date food, keeping romance on the menu, that and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Are you a chef, have a catering business or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Working from home is awesome, except when it's not. If you're working from your couch or your coffee shop, chances are you're not your most productive. For thousands of entrepreneurs, co-working is the answer. 
Next Space is a co-working company with offices in L.A. and the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Find an innovative workspace, a built-in community, and great networking opportunities at Next Space. Visit nextspace.us for more information. Next Space. Your best work happens here. I'll stop the world and love you. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helbrock. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Balamar. Our topic today is first date food, keeping romance on the menu. In this hour, we'll be exploring the world of food and circumstances and conversations of a meal shared with someone you hardly know, but who you know you would like to perhaps share many more meals with or not. It's not necessarily a defining moment, but in all honesty, for many it is. What we order or prepare, the way we eat and how we feel sharing those two hours together or more might be hugely important on the path to a future together. First date food, keeping romance on the menu is our topic coming up here in just a minute. And before we dive into this topic, as always, we are starting the show off with a weekly tip from the world of health and beauty. Here's Chef Sita and her holistic bite. Thank you, Helga. Well, before we jump into what to eat out, I want to talk about what to eat in. And this is just a couple of tips on how you might stock your pantry to include some foods that have therapeutic benefits. Whether you're somebody who occasionally suffers from headaches or migraines or who gets stomach aches on a regular basis, there are a handful of things that you can have on hand that allow you to counteract some of those negative side effects of overeating or maybe just your regular constitution. And some of these are things that you may have never heard of. So it's really fun for me to introduce you to something. And I've talked about a couple of them before, but here's a chance to go into more detail. So the first thing I want to mention is umeboshi plum paste. And umeboshi plums are these Japanese pickled plums that become incredibly salty after they've been fermented. And you can purchase them as whole plums. You can also get umeboshi plum vinegar. But the thing that I like about umeboshi plum paste is you can take a teaspoon or less. You don't need very much. And because it is such an alkaline ingredient, it will help to counterbalance the acid that's in your body, which makes it a really terrific natural remedy for stomach aches and for headaches. And when I was studying holistic nutrition, one of the things that I learned was that, you know, we get headaches for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes it's because we have eaten a lot of foods that make us feel really, really spacey. Things are very, very rich in water. And what it's doing is it's almost diluting our electrolytes. And adding something that's really rich in electrolytes and salt can sometimes counterbalance that expansive feeling. And umeboshi plum paste is one of those things. It's very constrictive because it's so tart and so salty. So I've heard even the most, you know, non-traditional people who have always reached for the Tylenol take this umeboshi plum paste and find it to be incredibly powerful in remedying headaches and stomach aches, even if you wake up in the middle of the night with some indigestion or some acid. Another thing to consider is kuzu powder. And kuzu is spelled K-U-D-Z-U, sometimes just K-U-Z-U. And kuzu is actually, it's a plant and it, the, the greens of it grow kind of like 
peas do, and they have these vines on them. But the kuzu root is also remarkable at helping with things like stomach aches. And what you do is you 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 make a kuzu cream out of this starch. And if you take about one and a quarter cups of water and dissolve one and a half teaspoons of kuzu powder. The powder will dissolve in cold water, but as you warm it up, it acts as a thickening agent because it's a starch. And so it is very soothing for stomach aches. You can actually dissolve it in something like apple juice and make a kuzu apple pudding that you can eat to help calm any kind of um, stomach indigestion. And it also, because it thickens, is a great way to thicken sauces and soups. You can use it as a slurry, kind of the way that you would use cornstarch, where if you mix a little bit of water and you mix a little bit of the root starch and you add that to your soup or your sauce, as it heats, it will add a thickening component and also these wonderful therapeutic qualities. And then another thing that I want to mention is kombu, which is a sea vegetable. That's K-O-M-B-U. And I love love seeing that this is almost hitting mainstream now. And it's this, usually they're cut in squares and it looks super, super dark green, almost black when you buy it at the store. But when you put it into a pot of simmering beans or simmering um, grains, what it does, because it's a sea vegetable, Sea vegetables are incredibly mineral rich because they come from the ocean where we have lots of minerals. And those minerals allow you to better digest the foods that you've cooked the kombu with. So for beans and even for grains for some people, those aren't necessarily easy things to digest. And by cooking those ingredients with kombu, you will make it easier for you to digest it. And it also imparts all those fantastic minerals into your diet. So these are just three things, umeboshi paste, kuzu powder, and kombu that I consider staples in my holistic pantry. I will put up online a more detailed list of all the things that I keep in my pantry, things like apple cider vinegar and hemp seed and miso and raw cacao, all kinds of things that are incredibly delicious but also offer a whole lot of benefit to your health. So that is this week's Holistic Bite, and I look forward to hearing your feedback on what you've incorporated into your kitchen. Thank you, Sita. And um, speaking of... Uh, what to keep in your pantry. What are Do you have a couple um, recommendations for what to keep in your bathroom jar in the same context of well, what's healing, what's easy, what's... Absolutely. I mean, I, I love to look to nature, whether it's food or plants that I can use to help me live a, a more healthy life, a more beautiful life when we talk about things that are sure. in our cabinets at home. And there are so many wonderful properties of herbs, particularly essential oils. And I talk a lot about essential oils when we have conversations. And I, there's a, a lavender oil combination. Lavender oil in particular has wonderful benefits for being antibacterial, antimicrobial, antiviral. So I love to use that when I get cuts on my on my skin. Even actually a really funny episode recently, a, a dear friend of mine who has fantastic jewelry gave me a hug and she had these earrings on that just happened to be a little bit sharp and kind of scratched me along the chin. And I tell you, two days of putting this, this lavender oil on my chin and it was like nothing happened. So Good quality organic essential oils are absolutely essential for me. And apple cider vinegar is another one because it is it is remarkably useful in a lot of ways. The Echo Bella, I've mentioned this before, the Echo Bella Mist on Toner is an apple cider vinegar base. And so a lot of toners use alcohol, which is a little bit drying on your skin. But what apple cider vinegar does is it helps to rebalance the pH on your skin to fight infection. So. Cool. 
Wow. Staples in the bathroom as well. And that's a perfect segue because, as always, the Holistic Bite is brought to you um, by the natural beauty company Echo Bella. Echo Bella offers a wonderful line of body care products and intelligent cosmetics. And of course, all of Echo Bella's products are preservative free, gluten free, and cruelty free. Check it out, echobella.com. Let us know what you think. Again, that website is E C C O B E L L A, echobella.com. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Bouquet. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we had such a beautiful show last week on the day when the sun stands still, a celebration of solstice. And actually in your holistic bite there, Sita, I think you had a relaxer where you put like a oil-based thing in your pillow. So um, either way, check out that show from last week with a lovely guest who joined us from Great Britain, Vivian Crowley, a high priestess and an expert in pagan and nature-based spiritualities. A truly great show with remarkable insights, even if you have never really celebrated this auspicious time of solstice before in your life. When the Sun Stands Still, a celebration of solstice, last week's episode now available as a podcast on anorganicconversation.com or, of course, iTunes, where all of our episodes are available free of charge. Um, please check out facebook.com and Organic Conversation for produce tips, recipes, and the latest and greatest on the real food movement. And we'd love to hear from you. Please send us your comments and questions to share, S-H-A-R-E, at anorganicconversation.com. Oh, oh, that first date. Great sometimes, perhaps a little painful in others. Of course, it's mostly about the chemistry between two people sharing a meal, but we are exploring today how much food matters in this process. What to eat, when to eat, how to order, the setting, even the conversation. Food is something that brings us together because it matters or it won't. In a way, sharing a meal is much more than spending some time together for a lovely evening. It's actually assessing how that person that we like behaves in the context of food because if things were to work out, thousands of meals together may follow. It's like sex. Food and sex, if either, creates no connection whatsoever. This relationship may likely not work out so well. But don't despair. We're here for you. And again, a conversation, our topic, first date food, keeping romance on the menu, our topic in this hour. And we are hearing it from the experts today. Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we already heard a story from Mark, so I think now is the time. We did. We heard a great story from Mark. So in the intro, Mark, you shared um, going to a steakhouse as a vegetarian yourself, which was not celebrated, but actually you were scalded for it, which is so funny. I wish we had um, known that story before because we could have set up a call into that person. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who is now, I'm sure, a vegetarian, but that's how life goes. Um, but Sita, in the in before we dive into really the foods that you know one could pay attention to, um, you had a funny story about the context, the conversations to be had, because well, it's more than just the food you share. My story really has to do with showing your personality and how that may or may not appeal to your date. Which you so, want to do, right? Which you really want to do. And I want to get to that later. But before we talk mm-hmm. about kind of the, the the circumstantial things, I really would love to talk about the food because, Helga, you've got some really interesting things that you've observed over your many years of dating. Yes, and it, it is it is such a, it's such a, um, it almost can't work. I mean, great first dates are rare. Um, and from, you know, from a funny server that just killed it uh, to... 
to um, eating the wrong foods or too late or coming completely hungry. My first dates at large, I would say, uh, were disasters <laughs> um, because I get really nervous and then my my stomach shuts off. So I remember coming with like a hole in my stomach, really nervous, starving. Um, and then you eat because you're starving. You're eating more than you should in a, in a stomach that is not in parasympathetic mode and or not at ease and can't digest well. And it's it's a guarantee for disaster. Lots I, of it, side effects. Yeah, lots of side <laughs> effects, um, unwanted, uh, you know, feelings and uh, lots of gas. Uh, I mean, just so awkward and not enjoyable that, um, yeah, those didn't work out actually at all. If I had known now what I've learned um, before we when we prepared for the show, it's so easy though to consider a few things that may put your mind to ease just a little bit more to make it to give it a chance uh, but from from cooking to taking you know people out to a restaurant to um, being cooked for and I mean it comes down yes you want to show who you are um, you want to express and, and impress that person and yet um, you know be at ease have fun I think that's really the the golden rule have fun with it and just avoid a few mistakes that can be made easily on the first date night well, with food that well, I think, might be good off. I think your comment about feeling bloated is something that a lot of people experience because of the nerves. And I, I do think that if you try something like a kuzu cream before you go out, I was that writing might down help. Things like, here. Yeah. the recipe? Can you please plum paste. <laughs> so great. But there are some foods that notoriously do cause people to feel a little bit bloated. And those might be things that you want to avoid. I mean, beans is really the number one thing that people think about when they want to avoid having any kind of negative side effects in that area. I think soda is another thing that tends to give people kind of excess yeah. air and wind yeah. and gas in their body. So I would avoid soda and beer on a first date. Absolutely. The the cabbage family. Exactly. Everything that's a brassica. Like, I love Brussels sprouts. It just doesn't work for me. And <laughs> yeah, I know that. Brussels Why would I you know, roast date. some Brussels sprouts? Because the taste is wonderful. I, I think I always came from the angle of taste, not on effect, from the, from the angle of effect. So... I think roasted Brussels sprouts are wonderful and it's, it can be a little side dish and it's, you know, it's vegetables. Mark is smiling, but I don't know, cauliflower or the, the whole brassicas, that's a tricky food. It is a tricky date. food. I know what you mean. And then another thing that I maybe, I mean, you said at the beginning that it's important for you to know your date's preferences because your date may have food allergies or food aversions. And if you know what those things are, then you really can give yourself a head start on making sure this is going to be a good experience. But spicy food doesn't agree with everybody and spicy food also makes you sweat. I think it's really interesting that a lot of the a lot of the cultures that eat really spicy food are in hot areas of the world and that's because it heats up your internal body it heats up everything and it causes you to sweat and that sweating cools you down so you may mm. not want to go no. out for spicy food because it may cause you to sweat and you may be sweating anyway because you're nervous but it's it's kind of a <laughs> maybe yeah. a and no -no. when it comes to food allergies actually you may not be aware of it so avoiding you know high lactose high high milk intensive products um, might be a smart choice anyway. Well, another like the, the third basket of bread, Mark. I know with you with your potato and your salad, you had a bunch of garlic bread. Um, I'm not sure if you shared for that everybody. Yeah, <laughs> garlic bread for everybody. <laughs> There's another good reason that you would want to avoid 
eating a lot of those things, though, because white flour and white sugar and, and potatoes even to some extent because they're so high in starch, they make you tired. You know, they really require quite a lot of energy to digest and break down. And you want to make sure that you have enough energy to be yourself and to enjoy your date's company. And then another thing with the white sugar and the white flour, maybe passing on that second or third basket of bread, is that those things, you digest those simple carbs so quickly. And that kind of causes a blood sugar spike and plummet. And those kinds of inconsistencies can make you more anxious. And so they can sometimes they can make you moody. So I would say, you know, maybe avoid sugary drinks, maybe avoid too much alcohol and the third basket well, of bread. And, and and along that, that might be a nervous habit because they always bring bread to the table, right? If you're at a restaurant and so you're going to maybe grab it, you're going to grab so it, put some butter on it, eat more than you might normally do. Right. And an interesting thing you were talking about sugar and how it affects you is, you know, artificial sweeteners actually can cause bloating too. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and a lot of people would go out to a big steak dinner. Well, actually, if you plan on spending the evening with this person for a long evening of conversation or what have you, is steak, you put a big steak or meat in your body and it takes a long time for it to digest. So that actually slows your process down and actually makes you more great, sleepy. Great point. The whole food coma idea, right? How mm-hmm. much do you eat? And do you know that person well enough to think that if this is a really good dinner, it might continue into the evening further. Or is this a blind date? Like I think, Mark, in your in your circumstances, in your story, <laughs> that was the first time and the last time um, you met that person, right? Mm-hmm. So not knowing it, not knowing if it will continue, the amount you eat, the speed you eat, um, and of course, yeah, the whole vegetable chewing well, even though that might be the last thing on your mind because <laughs> it might look funny, mm-hmm. you might think it looked funny, um, showing enough of yourself, but also not, you know, feeling the pressure that everything has to be communicated around food and around your life within an hour and a half might put you a little bit more to ease and, and, and make it fun. We had a great recommendation <clears throat> from a friend um, that we saw preparing for the show. And she said, you know, we I had a, a date with a person and we had this beautiful honey that we got. And we went to a restaurant and it was a it was not a great experience. And what we should have done was to buy just a little bit of cheese and um, you know, and a baguette, and sit outside in the sun on a bench, and put some honey on that cheese and that bread, and that would have been wonderful. So she thinks. Um, so it's you know, it's not the you mentioned that early earlier, Sita. It's not the super expensive restaurant, especially if you don't go to those restaurants. Otherwise, like don't don't put up a fake facade. But it even it doesn't have to be that super fancy restaurant in order to make it a really fun and sweet first date. You're listening to An Organic Conversation, First Date Food, our topic. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark McKay. And I'm C. Tarani Palomar. Keeping romance on the menu, much more to come. How to avoid seeds, how to avoid heat, how to avoid that food coma, and um, of course, the breath trap and many more stories. We'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. These words are my own. It's who I am. 
SPUD stands for Sustainable Produce Urban Delivery. SPUD delivers the highest quality organic produce and the best locally sourced grocery items one can find directly to your doorstep. It's easy, it's convenient, and it supports your local economy. On every delivery day, SPUD takes at least 100 cars off the road that would have otherwise been driving to the grocery store. Reduce your carbon footprint, save time, and save money when grocery shopping with SPUD. Place your order today at spud.com. That's S-P-U-D dot com. At Eden Foods, we've always strived to have a strong, positive impact on farming practices and food processing techniques. As the oldest natural and organic food company in North America, our business practices and products endeavor to contribute to a peaceful evolution on Earth. We encourage everyone to be knowledgeable, discerning, and proactively involved buyers, as we are. Look for organic grains, beans, beverages, and more by Eden Foods at your local co-ops, natural food stores, and online at EdenFoods.com. Are you committed to green, socially responsible, and sustainable business practices? Percepticon can help with eco-friendly internet solutions, website design services, e-commerce solutions, mobile apps, and high-performance internet hosting for your business. Percepticon is a full-service agency that specializes in web consulting, strategy, and technology development, so you can successfully communicate with your audience. Lighten your tech footprint in a green hosting environment. Call Percepticon today at 925-937-9000 or visit them at Percepticon.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And... Our topic today is first date food, keeping romance on the menu. We already talked about what to avoid um, in regard to eating and ordering. And um, Sita, you had you had a little take on messy foods too, which sounds great <laughs> to me. But well, I think messy foods are a lot of fun, and I and I think that if you and your date can both say, you know, what would be a lot of fun? Let's go, you know, out for falafels but be prepared to get hummus all over and tzatziki all over i mean if you're both on board that's great but there's but that spaghetti scene in in the what is it called? lady in the tramp yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really cute it is really cute and, but yeah you know if if you're somebody who has noticed when you make pasta for yourself and you're trying to twirl it around the spoon and you get some of the sauce on your mouth maybe maybe it's something that you'll be in extra anxiety about or when uncut you go on a date. salad right what do you do with that that actually like is frisee. one of the ones that I have the biggest trouble with. You, but yeah. basically, I think anything that requires you to have a bib, like lobster <laughs> or ribs. anything, ribs, yeah. ribs or buffalo wings, anything that comes with um, a handy nap to clean your fingers afterwards, those probably are, are messier second foods date. you want to. Yeah, save for the second food. date. And things I think I mentioned alcohol before, but martinis are notorious for spilling because they that's not a very functionally shaped glass and they usually fill them really full and I love corn on the cob I love spinach I love blueberries but they do tend to stick in your teeth so those which, kinds which of brings things us right over. to food myths you found a bunch of of first date myths um, that you know may, may be true but <laughs> I really thought not. it was interesting I found it on um, askmen.com and it was interesting to see the male perspective about things you absolutely shouldn't do on a first date and some of these myths they say I mean I, I liked the premise of it the premise was what you order says a lot about who you are so don't order milk on a first date because the women may think you're childish don't order vanilla ice cream because she'll think you're boring 
these things I thought were so interesting <laughs> to explore these food myths about what you should and shouldn't eat on the first. Don't order salad because she'll think you're a wimp. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Don't order salad on a first date? <laughs> I, I love those magazines. I think it's hilarious. The stereotypical man that has to eat meat and can't eat salad. And I'm sure Mark you know, will agree on that, for at least with <laughs> me. Um, and uh, I mean, milk is, sounds like a funny first date food, honestly, for me. But um, it's so shallow. <laughs> it's so it superficial like and it. so silly. Um yeah, I, I I don't think there's much value in those tips. It just makes you more nervous and thinks think, you know puts a puts a, a fake, not food based umbrella around it. You know, when we talk about messy foods that might not work, I could think that could be funny if they are foods that don't let you feel good. That's definitely something to consider. Um, but if you love milk, she should know that, or he should know that. And if if that doesn't work for them, then you know that that relationship is not destined to maybe or maybe it will and, and you know the interesting thing about all this is you know you, you go searching for all the right answers right and often the right answers are right inside of you of course but you know vanilla is actually known to mildly mildly stimulate nerves so that could create like oh. a kiss or a, a hug maybe make you more sensitive or more aware of that so that vanilla ice cream might actually be saying something else about you I hear you. I hear you. Well, I think the same thing is true actually about ordering coffee or a cappuccino at the end of the meal. Because I think that that sends two signals. One, it says, I want to sit at this table a little bit longer and talk. And that's a really beautiful invitation to get to know the person more on the first date. And it also means I would like a little more caffeine because I want to make sure that I still have energy later and I want to spend more time with you. I think right. those are it beautiful could all signals. be totally interpreted. And if it comes to a conversation, I think that's really cool if you know just a little bit about your food. Because food can be, if you don't speak for an hour and a half because you're a food lover, um, you know, make room for other topics too. But if the conversation... If you ordered vanilla ice cream and it's really good and you say, yeah, and I read in a magazine, it says, you know, it, it, it might think that the other person might think it's boring, but actually it stimulates your nerves and it might lead to a kiss. And then you lean over and kiss that person. You're a winner. <laughs> Let me tell you. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Very so sweet. And, you know, I want to make sure we get to some of our first date foods. But another thing that <laughs> has, is occurring to me is it's always said garlic and onions is absolutely a no-no on dates. I know. Right? It's always, and I love garlic, and I know you two do as well. And so, Sita, you had a great suggestion this morning about um, garlic well, and onions. Again, for me, it comes down to that truth of be yourself. You can look up every single article or radio show that's ever been done about what you should or should not eat on your first date, but ultimately you should do what is you because you want to be yourself. And if you love garlic, maybe you tell the person, I know that garlic is the biggest no-no on a first date, but I love it. Would you be willing to share the garlic bread with me? Because then we'll both have bad breath. And then that's a really cute way to get to know each other. And mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yes, you want to win that person over, but you are also, honestly, if you know your true value, you want to be authentic and and um, see how that person is with you. And uh, Sita, you have a funny story I there do. where you actually showed your true colors, luckily, because it didn't need a third, fourth, and fifth date because that was <laughs> just like with Mark. <laughs> that was over after two minutes. Well, I love those two minutes dates. That's just great. <laughs> okay, how do we want to spend the next two hours? Because we already okay, know. Check, please. <laughs> like when you walk into an apartment and you know you're going to rent it, you don't even need to see the rooms. It can also... You know, go the opposite. Go the other direction. I don't need to see it. I'm not going to rent it. 
Well, yeah, first dates are sometimes like that. Yeah, I went on a date. I went on a date in college, and this was shortly after I learned about Plato's theory of love. And Plato's theory of love is that um, once upon a time, there were three sexes of human beings on the planet. And one sex actually looked like two men who were joined back to back. And the other one looked like two women who were joined back to back. And the third sex looked like a man and a woman back to back. And they were totally blissful. They didn't even need the gods. And this upset the gods so much that they conspired to separate everybody. So Zeus sent down his lightning bolts and cut everybody in half. And Poseidon sent the seas and scattered everybody across the world. World. And that's where the theory comes that we spend the rest of our lives searching for our soulmate, our other half, the person who completes us. So we were talking about this and I mentioned how beautiful I thought the story was because for some people, the person they're looking for to complete them is a person of the opposite sex because they were of the sex that was a man and a woman. But for some people, the person they're looking for is of the same sex because they were of the species where that was the compl- that was the complementary. What I didn't realize about my date before I went into this story was that he very devoutly believed that marriage should only happen between a man and a woman. And so that conversation was going nowhere fast. But the thing that was great about it for me was that I learned quickly that this was not somebody who I wanted to spend more time with because I feel so, so strongly about this topic that people should be with the person they love, regardless of the sex of that person, that he and I wouldn't have been aligned on that and we wouldn't have made a good couple. Yeah. And some <laughs> things, you know, you can learn from and tolerate and respect and, and there's just some negoti- non-negotiables. And I think that's you know, that's who you are. That's what makes you. And um, yeah, good to know those things early. Uh, Mark, you did say, though, spending an hour and a half on what you do and who you're not and what, like really making clear <laughs> that the contract here, like Preaching. I'm showing my, yeah, not, uh, what, what, how I'm do you call the, those? Uh, what? I, w- I don't, I only, I never, I won't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I okay, those. what will you do? The always and never girl. Yep. Or yep. man. Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah, of course, or man. But in my case, um, yeah, great. So <laughs> let's- First date foods. We only have a couple minutes yeah. left, but what's the let's perfect- Let's talk about what's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Mark, what's Mark, a- what's awesome for you? Um, You know, I've had a couple of really memorable first dates, and one that comes to mind just right now is- the person took the time to go ahead and make up the perfect picnic. And it was olives and almonds and cheese and the napkins and chopsticks and a little bit of uh, fresh dates and chocolate. And it was just, it was just perfectly laid out. And it was one of those things where I love eating with my fingers. And this person did not know that. And everything, just from the little pieces of cheese to the olives to the dates, I could eat everything with my fingers and not be too full, but still be satisfied with all the flavors. It was a perfect, perfect first date. It it sounds like it. Yeah, I want to be there. I love that. (laughs) I can totally picture it. I also love eating with my fingers. I think that's a really sensual experience. What about you, Sita? For me, dessert is an absolute yes. It's an absolute yes. If dessert is not on the menu or not ordered, then that tells me a little bit about the kind of person you are. I mean, I I would eat dessert first, personally, because it's so decadent. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. And, you know, I I mentioned before that pasta is maybe not a great choice because it sends you through a blood sugar spike and a blood sugar crash. And also that spaghetti can be kind of messy. But I did have gnocchi on a first date once. And it was perfect because each piece is bite-sized, so I didn't worry about spilling it. And so I thought that was pretty fantastic. How about you, Helga? 
Um, I I used to. I mean, you you shouldn't bring your date to the same restaurant to the same table with the same <laughs> waiter. You know, mix it up a little. Maybe you know, even if you're comfortable. I don't know. So, but I did I did have a signature dish that I made a couple times. I must confess, maybe three times. And it was 20. it was um it was uh, petrol sole, the fish flatfish, uh, fillet rolled up. Um, and put on a spoon in a hot uh, bed of saffron sauce, and it stays curled, and that with a little bit of wild rice, and um, it worked. I mean, it's it's just it's a good. It's it a was good, a good first date. <laughs> it's a good first date. <laughs> yeah. It just came together. It comes together. I know how to do it. Um, it yeah, I love it. It's really simple. Um, and you, again, you need to know if that person indeed eats fish, of course. Um, but. It's a non-smelly fish. It it gives you that protein that you know calms you down a little. It's it's lovely, um, but I I would go with Mark's picnic idea. Honestly, I think that's so fun and it's summertime. So if you have a date coming up, um, consider going on a really simple, fun little picnic and well, don't go simpler, overboard. And being outside that already helps ground you. The simpler the food is, the more attention you can place on the other person that's right amen sister yes <laughs> first date food keeping romans on the menu that was this week's topic of an organic conversation coming up is mark mokihi's what's in season going along with picnic food to some degree i think absolutely i'm helga helberg i'm mark mokihi and i'm sita ronnie palomar and we'll be right back with more stay tuned the red light of the sun Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. Working from home is awesome, except when it's not. If you're working from your couch or your coffee shop, chances are you're not your most productive. For thousands of entrepreneurs, co-working is the answer. Next Space is a co-working company with offices in L.A. and the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Find an innovative workspace, a built-in community, and great networking opportunities at Next Space. Visit nextspace.us for more information. Next Space. Your best work happens here. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. First date food, keeping Romans on the menu, our topic in this hour and I think we all voted for Mark's picnic idea to be the optimal, especially right now. It's summertime. Um, the the weather is getting nice all throughout the country. And if you have something coming up where it's a little bit special, include nature and include some really simple, you don't have to cook and bring Tupperware and any of that. 
um, for example, some yummy, yummy produce. Mark, well, here's know, Mark Mulcahy and what's in season. Well, you know, Sita was talking about <laughs> one of the foods you might not want to include in your first date was blueberries because they might stick in your teeth because of the skins and stuff. But I'm going to counter that with if you're just sharing a bunch of fingered blueberries that are just picked and ready to eat, You'd both have things in your teeth, and that might be okay. <laughs> but are they any good? We should oh, we should ask well, the voice of now's the Now's the time. You know, now's <laughs> the time. And as a matter of fact, I thought maybe we would ask somebody who we know who, who works at the produce market. Oh, yeah. Earl from Earl's Organic Produce in San Francisco, the voice of the market, has come on the line to join us and talk to us about the blueberry, blueberry. season and where we are now. Earl, are you there? Hi, Earl. Hey. Hey, Earl. How's it going? All right. Well, <laughs> you know, we're kind of in the middle of it, which, uh, you know, we're in the middle of so many great summertime fruits, but blueberries especially because you can find them almost anywhere. 38 states grow blueberries in some production, and the West Coast is one of the, the, the premier areas, as is, um, let me see, South Carolina, New Jersey, and even Michigan, of course. Um, and we are just finishing up in California and in the Carolinas. But we, that's just a small part of the season. It goes on from about May all the way through to uh, September. So we look forward to production out of Oregon and Washington, even all the way up into British Columbia. Yeah, help uh, me out here, Earl. How does that work? I know I remember it started really strong, but it doesn't seem to be a consistent season. You have like yeah. you know a couple of good weeks. I know um, May, Mark brought some blueberries to the studio um, phenomenal, really big, you know, plump, firm, sweet already. Um, not quite summer, summer peak sweet, but really solid. And then it kind of fizzled off, and then they came again. Why? Why is that? Yeah. Well, there was some. There was some. Well, first of all, they're grown all over, all over the place, so they can certain pockets of production can get hit by rain. Uh, one particular grower I was speaking to said. He had a lot of windy days. I mean, it's you know it's always windy in the spring, but it, they were extremely windy, so bur bees cannot get out and pollinate the bushes. So mm. his production was down about a third. Interesting. So as the season moved up and as the weather warmed and different areas came into production, you had different levels of of supply. So right now, with, with so many areas under. Uh, that are producing the berries, we're in a real good, steady supply. Though the supply is down a little bit, so prices are not as low as maybe the last couple of years. But what's good is the, the grower is getting a little more money, so we're paying a little more. I think um, you probably see six-ounce clamshells for maybe three ninety-nine, uh, and you find pints for six ninety-nine. Well, so before you go on, Earl, yeah. two things. One is, so the price is a little bit up, but we're heading into Washington, right? right. So we're going to be getting berries from them here pretty quick because California's ending. So you mentioned that a six-ounce container. Now, in the wintertime, that same small container is a four-ounce container. It's actually yeah, a 4.4. Yeah, so, it's, so in the summertime, you're actually getting more berries Volume. in the huh. small container— for a lower price, right? It's very true, and and that kind of makes sense. You know, when the production is low, you're going to use a smaller container so you can stretch out your supply. Um, and also, when production is very strong, you're going to see a bigger container, and that's a pint. So is that 16 ounces? 
Ah, uh, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is, the, is that 12 ounces? What is, I mean, what, it, it, what is it? Well, you know, I'll tell you, that's something that I've been researching for a couple of months, and I've talked to <laughs> growers and suppliers and, and uh, government people, and I have not got a straight answer because we get, <laughs> we get product and it says 11 ounces. On a pint? In a pint. Wow. So we talk a lot about varieties here on the show. You had such a great take last week, um, Earl, when we had you on. Uh, you were saying, you know, looking at the names, asking what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's You know, there, there are so many different. We don't want to just sell green apples and red apples. There are dozens of varieties, um, or actually hundreds and, and maybe even thousands, but maybe a, a dozen that are still commercially available. And the more we ask for that differentiation, the more we will, we will get that. We will, you know, the market will offer it if we know it. We don't just want one pair. How is that with blueberries? Because honestly, I couldn't name one real variety other than blueberries. Is that the same? Are there several different kinds of blueberries or which one are we seeing? Well, there, there are hundreds of blueberries, no doubt about it. And different varieties grow in different areas. They require different uh, degrees of wetness and chill and, and moderation. Uh, I honestly have forgotten almost all the names. Um, I know Mark probably has a couple under his hat. Um, uh, the ones that I do remember are, are, are named after jewels, like uh, diamond and sapphire. I have a particular grower, but I have forgotten many of the names. So if you can go in and go, is this a, a blue bonnet, for example, uh, you, you're not going to find that kind of information anywhere. You would probably blow your produce person's mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which is our job. That's right. <laughs> so but then how do we choose the good ones? I know you, exactly. you once told me an amazing tip for getting fresh blueberries that I think most people think is the opposite. Well, now, what, what are we referring to The here dusty now? bloom. Is, is, is what now? The, the Dusty, Dusty Bloom. You know that, sing, that, that, that 60s folk singer? Yeah, <laughs> Dusty Bloom. Uh, I, she, you know, she was actually for England. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. with the raclettes. That's right. No, um, but you, you said there's this white powder exactly. on the berries. Or it and, looks like a powder. Yeah, and it, people might think, oh, this is you know a pesticide or whatever. So we're talking about organic berries, but you might still find that white bloom, and actually you want to find it. Tell us. That's what's referred to as a bloom, and it's not unlike some of some uh, uh, peaches with 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 little fuzz on it. That's all a bloom and protection of the fruit, and that that you see that, and that guarantees freshness. And I like to look for the deep color, and you know the size is not that important to me. Some people like a big berry, some people like a small berry. That's a varietal difference, but you do want to look for nice, healthy, round. Uh, deep color. If they start to shrivel, that means that's showing a little bit of age. But I tell you, those can be good too because they get a little more concentrated as they dry up. And you know, one thing that a uh, quick little tip here is a lot of stores during this time of year when they're so prevalent is you'll see them stored off of refrigeration. Yes. And you, one of the things you want to know about that is yes, you can buy them. They're probably a really good price, but they are not going to hold up as long, especially if they've been sitting off of refrigeration because for every day off, you know, every hour off of refrigeration is a day shelf life out of, you know, off of what, how long you're going to be able to keep them at home. So what you asked the produce manager, how, have these been stored and for how long or how do you well, find Well, you out? could look at, see how they're storing them. And then you could either pick from the bottom. Or you could go see if they have some refrigerated ones. They'll, they'll, they'll keep longer in your fridge if they've been refrigerated. So that was another question. Um, Earl, you agree? Yeah. Always keep it in the fridge. You buy it. You keep it in the fridge until you eat it. You don't wash it before? 
Uh, no, I, you know, you, you don't wash it until you, just before you eat it. If I know I'm going to eat it that day, that afternoon, and I, or in a couple of hours, I'll leave them out because that room temperature really brings the full flavor of whatever you're eating uh, nice. to, to its optimum. Um, one of the things, if you're, if you're, when you're shopping, pick up the clamshell, which is the plastic container, turn it upside down as you look at it. Because many times if there is going to be some trouble, it's probably going to be on the bottom. And yes, and you are the quality control manager for us. If people are lucky enough to be in the San Francisco Bay Area, there is a new uh, campaign that we are fully supporting. It's Earl's Pick of the Month. And right now it is blueberries. Yes. Um, and uh, people can look in their retail store and um, in their produce aisle, produce department, and see if there's indeed signage out there where it says Earl's Pick of the Month, blueberries, and um, I know what you go through, uh, the length your team and you make sh to ensure that that um, it's the best produce really in the retail store, and now there's a way to identify what you delivered and what may have come from another source. Yeah, and as far north as Eureka and as far south as, I believe, Monterey. And what's the other item, Mark, that we are featuring right now? Cherries. Cherries, that's Cherries right. Cherries and blueberries. King. Yes. Yes. Lots of That's antioxidants right. for you. So look for oh, Earl's yeah. pick of the month. Yeah, so Earl, thank yes. you so much. It's always a pleasure having you on. Um, have a great afternoon. I know you got a special occasion today. Bring us some blueberries. And, uh, <laughs> and congratulations, Mabel. Yes. And we will look forward to having you on again next week. Hey, one last thing. Yes. If you're going to be buying blueberries at any time, this is the time because the prices are going to be about as low as they get right now. So so. If you want to, if you love them, and you want them off season. Buy some now and freeze, freeze them. them. Yes, we'll love put a little tip suggestion. on how to freeze them. We will. Yes, All right. that's great. Thank you, Thank Earl. Thank you so much, Earl. And, and, All right. And Mabel, of course, in this case, is Earl's daughter who just graduated. Congratulations again. <laughs> Thanks, Earl. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. Wonderful. That was exciting. I'm looking forward to having some blueberries. And that was this week's edition of an organic conversation. Enjoy Thanks your for day. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your day. First date. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger. Studio engineer, Robert Costa. Underwriting production, Mark Van Gelder. Thank you all. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or organicconversation.com. And you can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. We're your hosts, Helga Helberg. Mark Mulcahy. And Sita Ronnie Palomar. And we'll be back right here, same place, same time next week. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye. When everybody keeps retreating, but you can't seem to get enough, with my love open the door.